0: I didn't know what love was, until I seen his cross covered with his blood. He came to save men and not to judge, even though I know that's what we deserve. Because we didn't worship God as the creator, instead we made idols to serve, but that just didn't work. So we were left empty, broken and hurt, trapped underneath this curse of idolatry. And to Christ became a curse upon that tree. Like Paul said in Galatians 3 and 13, now I see how I was trying to do all these things to create my own righteousness and purity. Instead of trusting in the righteousness, Christ secured for me. And now I finally realize that I'm fully justified by his perfect life and sacrifice when he was crucified. Because the wrath of God was fully satisfied. So now in Christ is where I now reside and find the strength to fight sin day to day and turn from it and go the other way. Because the other day, yeah, the other day I was on the corner of self-salvation and hopelessness and he gave me grace. Yeah, he gave me grace. Yeah, my king died, but he also raised, so on him I put all my faith and turned away from trying to earn salvation by my works because that'll never work. And if you try, you're underneath the curse. Due to our sin nature, we need a rebirth, and now I finally see in Christ what it means to be free, and I can't wait to be with God for eternity. Yeah, that's everything. I don't want nothing else because I was dead at the bottom of the ocean of my sins, and I needed help. Christ swam in better than Michael Phelps. Just to give me life, he laid down himself. Now, as Paul said earlier, my name is Henry Thompson, and I am a pastor in Kansas City. And you may not know what just happened, uh, but I just performed one of my spoken word poems. And I love spoken word poetry because it's one of the most powerful forms of communication. When I write or listen to poetry, I am reminded of the power of words. I'm always amazed how poets can use words to tell a powerful story or make a deep metaphor. And I've probably seen and heard over a hundred poems. And one thing I noticed that, is that the greatest poets know how to use their words. Excellent poets know when to cut a word or replace a word with a more precise word. The best poets are the best at using words. In the book of Proverbs today, we will see that the wisest people are also the best at using words. This morning, we're going to focus on knowing what to say and when to say it. The book of Proverbs in our Bible has much to say about how we speak and use our words. Now, Proverbs is a book of the Bible that focuses on showing people how to live wisely in all areas of their life. And one area Proverbs focuses in on is how to speak wisely. This book shows us how we can use our words wisely. And this is so important because our words have great power. In Proverbs 8.21 it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This verse highlights the power of the words we speak with our tongues. We can use our words to speak life, but we can also use our words to speak death. We can use our words to heal another person, but we can also use our words to hurt another person. We can use our words to encourage, but we can also use our words to discourage. We can use our words to build up another person, but we can also use our words to tear another person down. How do you use your words? How do you use your words to speak, email, text, or tweet? Do you ever struggle with using your words in ways that are hurtful to people around you? Now, today we're going to see if we are going to be wise, we must use our words properly. We have to know what to say and when to say it if we're truly going to live wisely. This is what we'll see in Proverbs. And if we're going to speak wisely, we need to do three things. First, if we're going to speak wisely, we must stop speaking words of death. Wise people turn away from seeking words of death that kill relationships. Now, some of you may be thinking, what are words of death? Now, I have an acronym to talk about words of death. The acronym is LAG. It stands for words of lying, anger, and gossip lying, anger, and gossip. According to Oxford's English Pocket Dictionary, the word lag means to fall behind in movement, progress, or development. Now, words of lying, anger, and gossip hinder our progress and development as Christians. They are words that are harmful to our relationships. God calls us to turn away from speaking words of death. We see this in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has multiple verses that point to the destruction that comes from lying. See, Proverbs 19.9 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. The word translated, a false witness, refers to a person who lies in a court of law. A false witness takes an oath to tell the truth, but still utters falsehood and lies. But false witnesses are often not caught in their lies. But this verse in Proverbs says the false witness will be punished. This verse highlights the reality that the person who uses their speech to lie will suffer consequences for their actions. This verse reminds us that that there are consequences to living outside of God's way through using our speech to communicate things that are false and untrue. This proverb also communicates the reality that the person who lies will perish. The word translated perish in this verse could also mean to be destroyed. The person that habitually tells lies will perish or be destroyed. The person who uses their words to speak falsehood and lies speaks words of death that will ultimately lead to their destruction. Now go with me for a moment. A few years ago, there was a man named Bernie Madoff who received a lot of media attention for lying to thousands of people. See, Madoff deceived people by leading them to believe that he was running an investment firm. But in reality, he was running the largest Ponzi scheme ever. He was taking money from investors and using the money from new investors to pay the earlier investors. As he was doing this, he was taking money for himself. See, Bernie Madoff stole over $50 billion. $50 billion. He stole more money than anyone in U.S. history. In 2008, Madoff told his sons that his company was all just one big lie. All just one big lie. He destroyed thousands of people's lives through this big lie. He destroyed his family. And this is what small lies and big lies do. They are destructive. Some of you may be wondering, what is a lie exactly? Well, a lie is seeking to use words to deceive people. This is what Madoff did. He used his words to deceive people into believing that he was running an honest investment firm. Telling a lie may seem innocent, but those who use their words to speak lies are speaking death. If we are going to stop speaking death, we must refrain from speaking lies. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we must speak the truth. And it is hard to speak the truth. Because it seems like the people telling lies are the ones prospering. Often it seems that the people speaking lies are the ones gaining prominent positions in our society. Or after you graduate, it may even seem like the people lying are the ones moving up the success ladder at your job. But Proverbs 12:19 says, truthful lips endure forever but a lying tongue lasts only a moment this proverb shows that in the end the person who speaks the truth is the one who endures it also shows that the one who speaks lies will eventually perish in the long run speaking the truth is always better than telling a lie because the truth will endure forever and lies don't last okay proverbs does not just show us that we need to stop speaking lies Proverbs shows that we must also stop speaking out of anger. Words spoken out of anger also are words of death. See in Proverbs 29:11 it says, "Fools give full fool vent to their rage, but the wise brings calm in the end." This proverb shows that a person who vents all their anger out through their words is foolish. It is foolish to allow our anger to bring us to a place where we fully express our frustration with our words. This is foolish because it doesn't fix the situation. When we speak out of anger, it does not make a situation better. This proverb also shows that a wise person brings calmness and peace through their words. They don't fully vent out their frustration when they get angry. They instead use their words to calm down a situation. This makes sense. Because Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This proverb shows that when we respond in a gentle way, that we will generally turn away wrath. If someone is angry with us and we respond in a gentle way, this typically will make the situation calm. This proverb also shows that harsh words spoken out of anger only stir up more anger. When we speak harsh words out of anger, We only stir up more anger. When we speak out of this anger, we hurt our family members, we hurt friends and our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. This often leads them to becoming more angry with us, and I know this based on my own experiences. Now, when I was in high school, my dad brought me these fresh pair of all-white Reebok shoes. Now, many people do not wear Reeboks now, but Reeboks shoes were cool when I was in high school. Um, And they're coming back in style. So the first week I got my new Reeboks, I wore them to school. And after school, I had marching band practice. I, of course, was not going to wear my new all-white shoes to marching band practice. So I left my shoes in my locker. But I made one big mistake. I left my locker unlocked. Dang, that's sad. You laughing at me. Okay. And while I was at band practice, someone stole my new shoes out of my locker. Now when my dad picked me up from band practice, I let him know that my shoes had gotten stolen and my dad was livid. He was like yelling at me, and I wish I would have given him a gentle response. If I would have said, Dad, you're right, I should have locked my locker, and I'm sorry for wasting your money, he probably would have calmed down. But I spoke out of my anger. You know what I said? As my dad was speaking to me, I blurted out, blah, 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 blah. These harsh words stirred up my dad's anger even more. And I just didn't grow up in a family where you could just talk back to your parents. And I won't tell you how the story ends, but just know it's a miracle that I'm here today, (laughs) preaching God's word, because those words of death that I spoke to my father almost literally led to my death. (laughs) Now, have you ever spoken words out of anger to your classmates, friends, or significant other? Words spoken out of anger only produce more anger. Words spoken out of anger also can cause deep hurt to the people closest to us. And we cannot take back our words spoken out of anger. Numerous friendships, relationships, and teams have been destroyed through words spoken out of anger. This is why words of anger are words of death that we should refrain from. And in this age of technology and social media, we need to be careful of using words of anger on text, tweets, Snapchat, Instagram, or email. Some of you may not literally speak words of anger to people, but it can be so easy to say hurtful words and anger and hurtful words of anger through social media, email, or text. We must refrain from seeking words of anger in all arenas of our lives. Amen? Okay, y'all with me. Okay, Proverbs also shows us that we must refrain from speaking words of gossip. The dictionary defines gossip as a person who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts about others. A person who gossips spreads personal information about other people that they would not want shared. And Proverbs 20:19 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. This proverb shows that a person who gossips is betraying the confidence of another person. When we spread gossip, we are betraying another person by putting out their personal information. This proverb also commands the wise to avoid a person that speaks too much because those people could be gossipers that do not keep personal information confidential. This proverb calls us to avoid gossipers and gossiping. We should not make someone else's personal business public to other people. And in the Christian community, we can even deceive ourselves by betraying gossip as a prayer request for another person. We can say stuff like, Peter's dad got locked up in prison for selling drugs, so pray for him. Or Kelly's brother got his girlfriend pregnant out of wedlock, so pray for their family. Before sharing personal information about others, we should check with the person who shared their personal information. It's so easy for us to go to a friend and tell them not to tell anyone that so-and-so did such-and-such. Then the first person told goes to another person and says, don't tell anyone, but so-and-so did such-and-such. And the cycle continues, and this leads to the death of friendship and community. And this can happen so easily at this college campus if you engage in gossip. See, Proverbs sixteen twenty-eight says, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. This highlights the reality that gossip causes division between friends. And I know this, too, from personal experience. See, when I was in college, I was having conflict with one of my roommates and friends. He was just saying comments and expressing views that I disagreed with strongly, and I went to another friend to vent out my frustration. Somehow, the information I said about my friend and roommate got back to him, and he asked me did I tell someone that he said the statement that I vented to another person, and I told him that I did say those statements, but I tried to defend myself by telling my friend and roommate that I was just venting out my frustration, but the truth is I was gossiping. And this gossiping that I did hurt our friendship and caused the separation between us. Have you ever gossiped about another person? Or do you struggle with venting out your frustration about another person behind their back? One of the quickest ways to kill a relationship is through gossip. We should turn from speaking death through not gossiping. Now, if we're going to be wise, we must turn away from speaking words of death. If we are honest, we can all lag. We can all fall into speaking words of lying, anger, or gossip. When we fall into that sinful behavior, we should turn away from speaking words of death, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for every sinful word we have ever spoken or will speak. If we're going to be wise, we must use our words properly. Now, Proverbs calls us not only to stop speaking words of death, it calls us to listen And this leads to my second point. If we are going to speak wisely, we must listen. Proverbs shows us if we're going to use our words wisely, we must listen to what other people are saying. Proverbs 18.13 says, "To to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. This proverb shows that it is foolish to speak words before actually listening to the person we are speaking with in a conversation. It can be so easy to respond to someone without actually listening to what they are saying to us in a conversation. If we are going to speak wisely, we must truly listen. This is what we see in Proverbs. Now in Proverbs 18.2 it says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinion." This verse highlights the fact that a foolish person does not want to truly hear or understand the person they are speaking with. They just want to share their opinions. They don't want to understand the other person's views. They just want to vent out their views. It's the person that is thinking about what they're going to say while the other person is still talking. They have no interest in hearing the other person because they are too busy trying to get their word in as soon as the person stops talking. I don't know about you, but I can find it easy to not truly listen to other people, but just vent my opinion. I want to be heard and understood, but at times I do not seek to understand the other person. This is especially true when I talk about politics. Now, when I was at Indiana University, I studied political science, so I can be pretty opinionated when I talk about public policy or other things related to politics. When I'm expressing my views, I'm not trying to truly understand or listen to another person's views. I'm just trying to uplift my view and opinion. This can be so easy to do in our country, especially now with so much political polarization. Proverbs shows us that the wise person seeks to understand and listen before they speak. Do you seek to listen and understand your classmates, students, or professors, friends, or teammates? Or do you seek to just answer or put out your views without truly truly seeking to understand the other person? Because in order to use our words properly, we must listen. Proverbs shows us that if we are going to speak wisely, we must listen. And in order to use our words properly, we need to truly listen to the people in our lives. Proverbs doesn't just show us that we must stop speaking words of death and truly listen, though. Thirdly, it shows us that if we are going to speak wisely, We must speak words of life. If we are going to speak wisely, we must speak words of life. Now, the book of Proverbs shows us multiple ways to speak wisely through speaking words of life. To help you remember the ways to speak words of life, I have another acronym, HER, H-E-R. I like this acronym for two reasons. Now, one of them is not biblical and the other one is. Now, her is the name of an up-and-coming R&B artist that many people believe is saving true R&B music, including myself. I like her's music, and I appreciate the fact that she is an anti sar She's always cover her face, and she's always dressed modestly because she is all about the music. The second reason I like the acronym her is because wisdom is personified as a woman in the very first chapter of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs ends by highlighting a wise woman. So it seems only right for a pronoun commonly used to refer to a woman to be an acronym for speaking wise words of life. Her stands for words of healing, encouragement, and restraint. Words of healing, encouragement, and restraint. Those who use their words to heal and encourage are speaking wise words of life. Also, the one who uses their words with restraint are speaking wise. We see this in Proverbs. Now, in Proverbs twelve eighteen it says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The beginning of this proverb shows that, word, that the words of a person who speaks recklessly causes great harm. The proverb uses the metaphor of being stabbed with a sword to illustrate the pain caused by reckless words. And I'm sure we all can remember hurtful and reckless words that have been spoken to us. As a kid, I used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words that never hurt me. But as I grew older, I realized that words could be used to pierce like swords. But the second half of this verse shows that the wise do not use their words to hurt, but to heal. This proverb shows that a wise person brings healing through the words that they speak. The word healing also means medicine words of the wise is medicine to those who are hurting. The wise person speaks a word of life through speaking words of healing. Now go with me here a second. In 2016, the National Museum of African American History and Culture was opened in Washington, D.C. And I was absolutely elated. I love history and I specifically love learning about the history of historically marginalized groups in our country. And I have not been to the museum yet, but my mom has gone and she loved it, so Lord willing, before I die, I want to go to that museum. When the museum opened, former President George Bush and Barack Obama gave speeches. I listened to a section of those speeches with one of my friends, and as I listened to George Bush's speech, he said something that nearly brought me to tears. And this was surprising to me because I almost never cried during anyone's speech. And I've also heard numerous speeches from George Bush, and I never thought I would cry hearing him talk. (laughs) Not not in an I don't mean that in an offensive way, though. But I will never forget what he said in his speech at the opening of the African American History Museum in D.C. He basically said, no telling of American history is complete nor accurate without African Americans. As I reflected upon Why those words brought me to tears, I realized that I had often felt like the history of African-Americans were not essential or important to the overall history of the United States. As a descendant of a historically marginalized people group, I often felt like black history was not truly American history because it was often marginalized in the history books I used in public schools. So when George Bush said, no telling of American history is complete nor accurate without African-Americans, he spoke a word of healing to me through YouTube. Have you ever had someone speak a word of healing to you? Proverbs shows us that the one who speaks life speaks words of healing. Those who speak words of life do not only speak words of healing, they also speak words of encouragement. Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This proverb highlights the reality that the kind words are encouraging to people. This also shows that the power of encouraging words. The writer of Proverbs calls kind and encouraging words sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. This shows that encouraging words are uplifting to the whole person, body and soul. This is why we all need words of encouragement. I was reminded of this truth that we need words of encouragement over the past year. See, I moved from the Chicago area to Kansas City about a year and a half ago to serve as a pastor at Christ Community Church in their two-year pastoral residency. Now, in Chicago, I was part of a primarily black church on the south side of Chicago, and I was part of a multi-ethnic ministry at the seminary I attended in the Chicago area. But when I moved to Kansas City, I entered a church where I was the only black person on staff. And I tell you, it was far more difficult than what I expected. I dealt with comments and even emails that I was not expecting connected to my ethnic identity. And I know some of you may have had those experiences like me as well. And I tell you, I would not have made it at my church in Kansas City without the words of encouragement from brothers and sisters. I needed words of encouragement from friends, family, and other pastors at my church to keep going. And we all need encouragement, right? This is why it's so important for you to speak words of encouragement to your classmates, friends, and students at this college. Words of encouragement help us persevere through difficult circumstances that we face. Now, the book of Proverbs also shows another way to speak life with our words. In Proverbs, we see that the person who speaks wisely also uses their words with restraint. Proverbs 29.20 says, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. This proverb reveals that the person who speaks too soon is extremely foolish. This proverb states that there is more hope for a fool than for a person who speaks too quickly. And Proverbs 17.27 says, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. This verse shows that a wise person uses restraint when they speak to others. If we want to speak wisely, we must use our words with restraint. This is why Proverbs 10.19 says, Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent holds their tongue. This verse highlights the reality that the person that is wise knows when to restrain their tongue because they know speaking too much can often lead to sin and disaster. See, if we are gonna speak wisely, we must speak words of life. These words of life are words of healing, encouragement, and restraint. And see, all human beings speak death because we were all born dead in sin due to our disobedience to God. Jesus, the Word of Life, took on flesh to restore our blo- broken relationship with God. He lived the life we can never live and died the death we deserve. Jesus died for our sinful words and all our sins. They drove nails through his hands and feet. Then he died on the cross of Calvary for you and me, but he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from death and sin to set us free. After his resurrection from the grave, Jesus sealed all his followers with the Holy Spirit. And if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the word of life, his spirit is in us to empower us to speak wise words of life to those around us. If we are going to be wise, we must use our words properly, and through Jesus, we receive the power to speak wise words of life to those around us. Amen? Amen. Let us pray, uh, and then the worship team will come back up to lead us in one final song of worship. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your grace to us, Lord. I pray that you would continue to lead and guide us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and empower us to speak words of life to those around us, Lord. We thank you so much for your goodness.